Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the award-winning movie, Poor Things, starring Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, and Willem Dafoe. Check out the new documentary, Freaknik, The Wildest Party Never Told, about the iconic Atlanta street party. And don't miss FX's Shogun, a reimagining of the epic tale starring Anna Sawai. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. Welcome to The Visible Artist. My name is Sophie Loxton-Lucas, and I'm delighted to bring you this conversation with artist Alec Cumming. I have known Alec for many years now, and I've always been struck by not only how professional his work is and his approach to his career, but also how positive he is about every opportunity. I really hope you enjoy this conversation. Hi everyone, I am excited to introduce the artist Alec Cumming. Based in a studio in a thatched Norfolk barn, Alec is a wonderful painter. He works in the traditional medium of oil on canvas, but his paintings feel very contemporary. He draws on a visual vocabulary of shapes and patterns gathered during his travels in India, California and Sri Lanka, and captures what he describes as fleeting moments in imagined everyday scenes. Since graduating with a fine art degree in 2007, Alec has successfully forged a career as a full-time artist. He has exhibited his work globally, both independently and with galleries, and is now collectors based across the world. Alex spent many years in Delhi and was the youngest artist to have a solo exhibition with the British Council in India. And I'm just so looking forward to chatting to him about his journey as an artist so far. Hi Alec, thank you for being here. How's it going? Nice to be here. It's going well. So to start off, maybe you could just tell me a bit about your work and how you see yourself as an artist. Sure, that's quite... Uh, it's a big question to yeah. start with. <laughs> How I see myself as an artist. So my work is predominantly painting, oils on canvas. And I do make, obviously, works on paper as well. So they marry together quite nicely. And I see them both as kind of very equal works. I don't see the works on paper as studies and I don't see the oils on canvas as like predominant things. And the works, they're kind of... they So they're bright, colourful, heavily influenced by kind of travel and places I've been and things I've seen. One of the things that is really important about the work that I make is the relationship that I kind of build with spaces and the way that I kind of respond to those when I come away from that place. Mm. And so, you know, I spend a lot of time building up this kind of bank of imagery when I'm away, you know, drawing in sketchbooks or photographing things and then coming back to the studio and almost having like a kind of a dictionary that I can then kind of make these works and they tend to be sort of semi-abstract but you know over the years things have changed quite a lot and they've become sort of more referencing actual actually recognize semi-recognizable things and I like the fact that you know I can do that and play with the, you know it's like plants and mm. foliage and patterns and material and it gives this kind of sense of kind of you know, you kind of know what you're looking at, but you're never quite too sure. So I'm not an abstract painter. And I kind of, I think I probably would have, you, I, you know, several years ago, I would have referred to myself as an abstract painter, but I'm not an abstract painter anymore. I'm just a painter. <laughs> yeah, actually, it's interesting you say that because when I was 
when I was writing the show notes for the podcast and also when I've interviewed you before for say like the Times Plus yes. talks, the Times talks, I have looked at your works and thought about how to describe them. And yes, they're not abstract pieces. Yeah. They're just, they're paintings. I think it's interesting that you also found that. I found it hard. I suppose I found it hard to, to pin it down a bit. That's the thing. And sort of kind of pinning things down like that into a sort of, you know, ism or a kind of, a what, is, what is it kind of thing. It's something I think I, you know, I've had to come to terms with that it doesn't almost, doesn't matter. And for years I was kind of almost kind of toiling in my brain of, what am I as a painter? And mm. I think I came to terms with the fact that I was just going to make art and make paintings. Uh, it was paintings are the things I want to make and enjoy that kind of playful experience of being able to grab hold of stuff. And it opened up, once I'd kind of got rid of pinning myself into I want to be an abstract painter, I was able to kind of grab hold of objects and forms from places and put them into paintings and mm. feel quite at ease about putting them into things and before that if it had almost like a recognizable form in it I would have to kind of almost not delete it but or cover it up but like I was almost forcing it to be abstract yeah and then that's surely not very that didn't seem very honest to me Mm. like when I make paintings I want them to be honest they're they're, they're the paintings that I want to make and they're not I'm not making them for a specific reason you Mm. know anyone listening might be imagining that you are taking all these ideas and going in lots of different directions but actually your style is really strong and there's you can really see that through your paintings and your works on paper so whatever it is even if you can't name it it's working really well and it's really successful and it's consistent you know that's the thing it's like yeah it doesn't jump around and I've always kind of allowed my paintings to unravel quite organically you might pick up new things and old things get kind of almost cast out the back as as you kind of progress through time you know so there's forms and shapes that I put into paintings that were really important to me perhaps like 10 years ago and they kind of have disappeared now Mm. and made room for new things and it's unraveled quite organically I mean I remember once you know years this is years ago someone was in the studio with me and they sort of said why don't you you know and I was I think I was having you know, a bit, you know, one of those times where you've kind of got a block or something like that yeah. and you're not making work that you're happy with. And someone said to me, well, why don't you just stop doing these paintings and start painting something completely different, like, I don't know, birds or something like that, you know. <laughs> and I said, well, I could do, but I don't, like, I don't see, like, that stop-start kind of form of making art, for me, doesn't work very mm-hmm. well. And I've, it doesn't feel very genuine. Like, like, for me, it has to just come out, unravel, rather than just... Uh, some kind of scattershot kind of sort of thing <laughs> yeah. where you sort of you know try and hit something and get it right it's just got to unravel and you know maybe in you know 10 15 years time maybe i will be painting pictures of birds <laughs> maybe but... you will you'll, <laughs> yeah. we'll go back to this podcast and be like that was that was the moment yeah, exactly, yeah, exactly. That, now who know where that is <laughs> that was another thing that struck me when i was looking at your works i was looking at lots of them obviously i've seen them on site but at fairs and exhibitions but when I was looking at lots of the pieces, it did strike me that sometimes you use unusual color combinations or you'll put in objects. It, it doesn't fit perfectly all together. It definitely feels like some, a moment as you describe it. Whereas I feel like if you were trying to make work that everyone would like, it would be more formulaic, I guess. Whereas it definitely feels very organic, like you just found 
elements that you liked and this the, from this vocabulary yeah and you're not trying of, to make something that someone will like you're making yeah. what you want to make yeah and it can be sometimes a bit jarring and i quite like yeah. jarring things sometimes whether you put two colors together that shouldn't be there but for some reason whatever else happens within the painting it works because compositionally you're forcing your hand as the you know sometimes i find like some of the devices that i use they go in there because i think they it's that kind of sensation you're trying to get to make it feel like this kind of you know i could kind of go on about these kind of ideas of moments all the time and mm. that's not always harmonious it's, yeah. it's sometimes like a fleeting glimpse of something you don't know why it is like a pleasing sensation but it is i was talking to someone recently they were talk, uh, trying to kind of get me to articulate what it was that I find quite interesting about paintings. And I said, you know, if you were sort of sat at a picnic table in like a pub or something and you drop something on the floor and you, you know, reach down to pick it up. And as you're reaching down to pick it up, you catch a glimpse of like the tables and everyone's legs through the yeah. picnic tables and rows and rows. <laughs> and for some reason you find yourself kind of just for a split second interested and engaged in what you mm. see in front of you. That line of sight is interesting. And it's an odd line of sight you know it's not something you would normally kind of see but for some reason it's sort of it's jarring but also pleasing at the same mm -hmm. time it's a momentary thing you know <laughs> yeah <laughs> I think that's a really great way of describing it often I get asked why is this artist why do you like this artist more than this artist and sometimes it's hard to articulate but I think that's a really a really great way of of describing it and I think particularly now with even social media and the Instagram algorithm seeming to prefer more simple abstract pieces that are less exciting but they get you know those artists get hundreds of thousands of followers and it, yeah. it, it, it it's shifting what what we think of as interesting and, and maybe good art but I think yes your work often does have jarring elements but it really works You've got to be confident and brave enough to make to do that if you want to sell your work, I suppose. Yeah, and I think, but that goes. I think that goes back to that kind of honesty thing. I feel like people see that more in time. It's maybe the maybe the long game. Yeah, you yeah. know, it's making work that you feel comfortable making rather than making work that you feel like you should be making. I wouldn't be able to make different work. I have made work that I feel probably I shouldn't have shown before as well. Years ago, I haven't for a long time. I've done shows and I will, for whatever reason, I felt like I should be making paintings that maybe looked like paintings I'd made before or mm -hmm. like, you know, looked like a certain way. And it didn't work. And people saw that, yes. you know, and people come to those shows and they kind of, although they might go, oh, they're nice paintings, but they're not excellent paintings you know they don't mm. and did that come that pressure come from you or was it from someone else like a gallerist or an agent that was encouraging you to go in that direction I think it was a mix of the two I think I put that pressure on myself a lot I think when I was a lot younger and doing some gallery shows and stuff I put that pressure on myself to kind of make work that I felt was right for me so then you listen to galleries and agents and you they say our expectations of you are you know, X, Y, and Z. I probably have made that mistake a couple of times. Um, and But now I think I'm much more solid in my understanding of how I want my paintings to be. Mm. A bit older, you know, in this <laughs> sort of like... Also, having made those kind of like, not errors of listening... And maybe it is, a, I would call it an error to listen to other people too much. Take advice, but don't necessarily... Mm. I don't think you need to make work for an audience. Your audience 
comes to you and mm. it's kind of what i don't know maybe that sounds a bit big-headed <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I, think, I think from what i've seen lots of artists have found that yeah They're making their own work and if they keep persevering people will come to them yeah. and be convinced by their vision yeah rather than you compromising to suit other people yeah it's honesty isn't it in the past when those kind of you know had did, did a, the show like that where it was kind of and i knew as soon as i the show was on the gallery wall and i walked into the gallery and i was like oh, i shouldn't have done this <laughs> you know <laughs> this oh. is wrong <laughs> by then it's like I think everyone's got to have a bum show, I think, you know, it's sort of... <laughs> and was it on paper like a successful show? Or not? Moderately. Okay. <laughs> it's like one of those ones you kind of like to forget about. Yes. <laughs> but it's always really great to talk about the bad. It's easy to talk about things that didn't go well. So it's yeah. Kind of... Well, you're standing here now with a solid, is it 10, 12 years of experience? Yeah, 12, as... yeah, good 12 years of sort of showing and exhibiting and selling pretty much full time so it's a good period of time to look back on you know and understand how you do things and I feel like mature enough to be able to conduct myself on my own in that sense you know and and decide where how I want to take my kind of career and trajectory as a Mm. painter well you've tried it both ways because you've shown independently at fairs quite quite a lot of fairs now in different cities and different countries but you've also worked with galleries and agents so looking back at those experiences Overall, was one better than the other, or what? How did you find them? I think they go hand in hand. What I realise now is that I need to have galleries showing your work, you know, in bricks and mortar galleries, and that's great. But also to be able to get out there and put yourself out there, especially things like the other art fair and showing work to people yourself, is important as well. Certainly, these days they can exist together. I think if you went back like maybe 20 years or, you know, 25 years, you know, you'd see that kind of idea of one artist, one gallery. But now, you know, obviously with social media and you've got all this stuff happening all the time, it's very fast and people are seeing your artworks evolve and change, but they're seeing them whenever they want to see them. I don't think there's one better way or the other. Mm. Both ways boost your profile in many different ways. So you get that kind of push and pull. And I think that's healthy. So your objective for the next, I don't know, the five, ten years, say, as an artist, now you're in a solid position. Do you just want to carry on as you are because you're successful <laughs> in those directions? Or do you have something particular in mind? Would you like to be with a, a gallery long term, for example? I'd like to start working with galleries. Whether that narrowed my, that would just change things, you know, like it wouldn't necessarily like narrow options down or it might change how and where I can do things you know I have a a gallery I work with in Cyprus you know and they're happy for me to work with other galleries in the UK and do the art fairs and as opportunities come up I don't say yes to everything but you know I always assess is this going to be good but largely I will try and make it work because Mm -hmm. I think there's no better thing than as long as you're kind of moving forward and upwards in some kind of way who knows maybe at some point there'd be a blue chip gallery that kind of yeah. turns around and goes I mean that maybe that happens in 10 or 15 years yeah. time and you sort of then then I have to reassess actually what I think you know yeah so you have to kind of play it by ear a lot but also so long as you're moving forward I think that's good so I suppose there are some galleries that they'll take your works and almost leave you to it yeah. and you leave them to it and then there are others where it's more of a collaborative relationship and they're nurturing you as an artist and yeah. steering you maybe in directions and and just sort of taking you under their wing a bit 
Yeah, I think, and they're kind of profile building you. Mm. Again, you know, they've got that kind of wealth of knowledge and experience. It's not in their interest to kind of, you know, make you slip up and they can help you in that way. And so for that, that is also useful, Mm. Um, you know, and as well as like, so then when you are out there kind of perhaps doing an art fair where you're kind of stood there on your own, team behind Mm. you, you know, people behind you that kind of support you and, you know, care about where your career is going, you know. Well, I think without that support system, I mean, you're doing pretty well doing the fairs yourself. You've been <laughs> yeah. out to, I mean, obviously you've done the London fair many times and we're actually sitting here after the private view of the fair, but you've also done the LA fair, haven't you? So yes. you've taken your works out to LA. How was that? Yeah, taking the work out to LA was brilliant. I mean, I think the first time, I think I was very nervous. I was excited. Coming from the UK, I actually did the other art fair in LA first. <laughs> yes. I never did the one in London before. People often ask, well, why did you do that? And I, I, I don't have any idea why. <laughs> I wish I could tell you. I sort of thought if I'm going to do one, I should do one that kind of goes out on a limb. Yes. And, uh, <laughs> you know, go big or yeah, go home. Exactly. Literally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that was great. And, you know, I really enjoyed the first one. And I've now done the one in LA probably maybe five times. Mm. And the one in London here I've done probably done sort of four or five times as well now. So going out to the States, I think, was great. You know, it's sort of it's a whole different environment. And um, showing your work there, you know, logistically doing it on a kind of, you know, going, doing that thing first was like proper... I had to make sure I was going on a budget, you know. Cause it's so <laughs> yeah. Actually, shipping paintings out is another thing where you have to kind of try and figure out how you're going to do that is it going to be super expensive and what happens if i don't suddenly work and yeah gotta bring all this back and how does it work for you uh so when i first started doing the one in la i just used to put them in my suitcase <laughs> and and then roll also roll them up you know i had these kind of all these kind of ingenious methods of kind of condensing things down <laughs> into smaller packages possible so i can then put them on a plane and check them in. Mm. And then when I get to the other end, stretch up my own works, make sure they're... Even I think the first one I did, I went to the art shop and bought stretchers because I didn't want to take the stretchers with me. Yeah, And I sort of did all this kind of, you know, to try and make it sort of... So make it so that I could get there with the work. It's a real independent artist. You're yeah. literally like, yeah. got your stuff in your backpack. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> Turning yeah. up yeah. in LA. Yeah, and then stretch the paintings, get them on the wall, see what happens. DIY, you know. Yeah. And would you, do you do that now or do you use a shipping company? Um, the last one I did in LA, I took them rolled and I was going to, the next one that I was going to do, I was going to start shipping them with the shipping company. <laughs> but uh, obviously then the pandemic happened yeah. and I sort of thought, oh, okay, because that was going to be my time where I was like, I'm taking all framed work. It's all going to look really nice and slick and, yes. you know, I mean, it is better like that to be able to take them framed and kind of nice, but, you know, needs must. And if you want to just get your work out there, actually taking it out there and people understand, you know, when you sort of yeah. say like, oh no, I come from the UK, so I've had to bring my work over in a sort of slightly different way yes and it is a fair for artists and i think people i, I mean i think people like the fact that the that all that shipping cost isn't factored into the price you know yeah, feel like yeah. it's quite grassroots yeah bringing over your work and you're stretching it yourself yeah i think that's but, good it's a good thing to do and it sort of makes you feel especially if you get it all up on the wall and uh, it, yeah. feels, <laughs> it feels it feels good you know to, to do that so i was going to use a shipping partner just because i felt 
like it was sort of time to do that, the right time, you know, mm-hmm. perhaps selling a bit more work and it's a good thing to do. And perhaps, you know, I want to take different works. I want to take bigger works on paper, you okay. know, all, all kind yes. of like logistical stuff like that, which one of the things that taking it all in your backpack does limit is like what you can take, you know, yeah. <laughs> sort of, you know, so that you're kind of limited to scale and size mm. and things like that. And I sort of thought, you know, maybe it'd be nicer if I could take some larger frame paperworks and mm. that I only really want to show them framed, but before yeah. that would be too difficult to do. And Yes, yeah. You, know. you have to present works on paper well, otherwise people won't see the value in them. Yeah, they? and so th- you've got to give them the same gravitas as the works on canvas, yeah. you know, because they are the same. For me, they're the same. So, mm. so I'm doing the one in New York in June yes. and I'm very excited about that so I'm looking forward to hopefully sending some larger works on paper yes. so maybe that'll be a kind of when I first my first experience of shipping work through the shipping partner <laughs> and not in my backpack <laughs> and then when you're on site I'd like to know about your experience because you've done quite a few fairs now and yes. you also seem like quite a relaxed person um, but you have of very professional hang and everything seems to go well so do you get nervous and stressed and do you do you find it hard or do you just kind of go with the flow and it works well I think I overorganize myself okay. because through fear of not being organized <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you know I think that's a uh, I enjoy making sure I've got everything kind of ready and things like that so I think I probably am quite relaxed about it maybe I wonder if I'm kind of getting nervous and I don't know I'm getting nervous because I, I, I sort of, <laughs> I've always felt quite, you know, I'm always just excited about the opportunity and I think it always goes quite, you know, I'm, I'm never, I never get to things late really. I try not to get things late. You know, mm-hmm. I sort of always get, if anything, I'll get to things early. You know, and I don't mind doing that because having spent time doing things like as a sort of kind of DIY kind of in a sort of way, in that sort of way, they're the things you kind of probably have to do to make sure that you are going to, it's going to go well. And you mm. can, you can be relaxed, you know, you're not doing it sort of last minute, yes. just trying to throw everything on the wall and yes, yeah. fe- feeling panicked and stressed. <laughs> you know, I was kind of like, I really like to get my work on the wall and go back to where I'm staying, have a shower, get changed, yeah. you know, go into it feeling quite refreshed. Mm. Well, it definitely comes across that way because when I've been on site and leading tours around the fair, if I often spring a tour on you unexpectedly, you're always just ready to chat and you're not, we don't ever catch you in a moment when you're super stressed or yeah. something's gone wrong. So yeah. that's good. You see me in my hotel room at night, <laughs> riling, shaking. <laughs> <laughs> No, it's, it's, I think it's, um, uh, you know, it's one of those things where I like talking about my paintings. Mm. It's kind of, I love meeting people that are interested in my paintings. Because for me, like, part of the doing it is actually kind of the people that are engaging with it. As much as, like, I'm making paintings for myself, like, the fact that people come along and they look at them and they want to engage with them. For me, that's being a painter. As I said before, you're quite, you seem a relaxed person in do you find the sale, like finalizing a sale quite tricky or do you have a strategy for that or do you just let it happen? And um, yeah, how, <laughs> how pushy do you, how pushy are you? In that I don't know. I mean, yeah, maybe think? I, yeah, I probably am quite relaxed about it. I mean, yeah, you're right. I probably do come across quite relaxed. Do you know, I would say I'm not pushy, but over the years you get better at talking to people, working out if they're going to be, if they need a little bit of a kind of, encouragement it's different in the states than it is to the uk as well 
because I think like you know there's very British politeness you know that kind of yes. where people are sort of almost reticent to kind of say I want to buy this painting whereas in the States I found like people you know often they will say I want to buy this and you kind of go okay now that was easy <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know, that's nice <laughs> you know it's sort of I quite let happy for them to kind of people to walk off and kind of you know make their mind up mm. on their own right and sometimes people come back sometimes people forget as well you know like they may have intended to buy that picture but it won't be until like they get home and they go I was going to go buy that painting and then they might get in contact maybe you know yeah. or, or they go on to Saatchi Art and they see it and they go and have a look at that yeah. which again is you know I mean that's a bit of a, to sideline a little bit to what the, your initial question but like that's one of the great things about the fair and Saatchi Art they yeah. It goes back to the thing about things working in harmony with each other, you know. People go to galleries or they go to the other art fair and it all kind of comes together in, in, in some one thing. Yes, it's interesting you mentioned that because there is that element of you, you, you win some, you lose some, I think, in that yeah. they might see your work and like it and be 85% about to buy and then see something else or yes. but they might come round again. Or, yeah. Oh, I guess you just have to hold things lightly a bit as an artist. Absolutely. The amount of times that I've done the other art fair and you've been convinced someone is going to buy one of your paintings and then half an hour later you see them walking off with someone else's work. Yeah. <laughs> and you sort of think, oh, okay. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, yeah, it's quite brutal. Yeah. It's quite tricky. Yeah, yeah. But I think that's okay. I mean, it's like, I mean, great that someone else has been able to buy a painting. <laughs> but... Uh, <laughs> It's all part of it, you know. So it doesn't mean they don't like your work, you know. Mm. They're just not ready to buy something, and they might come back the next year. Yeah, which is something I found as well. Like continuing to do it, although it's hard to kind of kind of explain that to people. That kind of thing of like you build a reputation and you build a rapport with people, and they might not buy something the first year you do something, but they might buy something the second year. Mm. You know, I recently just in, in March 2020, at the beginning of the pandemic, I sold a large canvas to a collector in India who had seen my paintings in 2016 and you know, had loved them and yes. I was convinced they were going to buy something then yes and they didn't and it took you know four or five years yes. for them to then go then sort of say this is when I want to do it so Building collector bases isn't about kind of, you know, necessarily the immediate sale. Mm. So I guess that's probably why I approach things relatively in a relaxed way. And I think over the years I've learned that it's not necessarily about that immediate purchase. Mm. It's about people deciding what they want. And it might be that they've seen your work and they like it and they're going to think, well, I want to buy a big painting. So it's going to take me buying a big painting. Not only do you have to have somewhere to put it, but it's a big purchase so it's it's not a kind of some people are good at you know going it's a big painting I don't care I'm just buying it because I love it yeah but you know I think people it's a considered purchase isn't it Mm. so it sort of can take years and sometimes it you know it's good you know you'll end up selling lots of paintings over a period of time then sometimes for months you might not sell anything so (laughs) that that does happen so it's sort of (laughs) and what sorts of prices are your paintings so they start from 400 pounds for a work on paper that's sort of 20 by centimeters by 30 centimeters and they sort of range in prices a small work on canvas will be about 800 pounds something that's sort of three foot by three foot on canvas is around about the three thousand pound mark mm-hmm. right up to sort of five thousand pounds for five feet by five feet 
Mm. Mere and a half by mere and a half. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're in the US yeah. mindset. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah. It could be a big investment, so people could take a long time to yeah. build up to spending like five thousand pounds. Yeah, on it. I think so. And that's a kind of um, you know, you don't sell you know too many big paintings in that way, but that's okay because. Mm you know that when someone does, you know, they really love it, you know, they're going to enjoy it, you know, and that's one of the most important things. And I still see people that have bought, you know, paintings and, you know, that come to the art fair or they come to gallery shows. And, you know, even though my work has changed and moved on from then, they still absolutely love coming up to me and saying, I still love your painting. Yes. It's excellent. And (laughs) and it makes me so happy. It does make me really happy. All the career trajectory and doing better and building a profile and stuff all that aside you know the fact that someone really likes it still is great well most of the time i think artists do all of that but really they just want to be able to make their art so it it sometimes overshadows that and it seems as though they just maybe want to be famous it seems like the goals of being famous or being successful but really it's just about making the work and being able to carry on making it in your studio yeah, it's amazing. I mean, I always see like, you know, selling paintings is like, a, it's, it's it's great because you can, buy you time. You know? It's <laughs> <Yes>. like, <laughs> gift of time. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it gives me that time to kind of go into the studio and make mm. art and make paintings and focus on that, you know. I mean, I've seen your studio via the Zoom calls. Yes. But definitely on my list to come visit. But Absolutely. I do feel as though I actually know your studio quite well. Can you tell me more about your studio and also what your day is like in the studio? Yeah, absolutely. It's great. I love my studio. I, I'm, I'm really lucky because it's in the countryside and I drive from my house every day out there and it's in a, a old, well, it's a, it's a thatched barn that's been refurbished and, uh, the chap who owns it is a big fan of my work and he, uh, is an art collector and has a sort of gallery himself. He's been collecting my work for years. So he quite enjoys the fact that I'm around. And so I get there every day and it's sort of located up in the eaves of a, uh, of this barn. So it's a thatched roof and sort of very, uh, garrety, <laughs> <laughs> which, uh, is great. And, um, I just have a, it's not a huge studio, but it's big enough for me. You know, I don't, you know, the biggest paintings I work on are sort of, you know, 10 foot long and I don't make a huge amount of them. I can just about fit one of those in there if I'm making one, if I was doing anything different, I'd go somewhere i don't like specifically have a space for that period of time so yeah my day is great i mean i kind of i tried to get to the studio for 9 30 10 <laughs> but invariably it's sort of 10 10 30 <laughs> once i've walked the dog you know it's sort of i get up walk the dog and get to the studio i probably spend a bit quite a bit of time just sort of looking at what i've done the day before to get going you've got to kind of almost get into the swing of things and yeah. sometimes that can be very quick you know I can walk into the studio and I'm like you know instantly right, right I've got to start painting because maybe the day before I left this picture you know painting at a point which I was really in a flow with and a sort of start but or sometimes that can take half a day you know sort of you sat there and you've eaten your lunch and you haven't even like done anything <laughs> you, know, you, you think but you've been you have done stuff but you've kind of been looking you know maybe reading maybe going over old sketchbooks or something or get your ideas straightened out in your head Mm -hmm. so you can then figure out what you're going to do i'll paint probably actually like physically paint probably for like two or three hours in a day sometimes longer if it's going really well probably finish up my day probably around 4 35 i'd sometimes go longer i used to paint like years ago like i used to paint really late into the night so i'd I'd get to the studio at like 
sort of six and paint till like 4 a.m. <laughs> and be a real night owl. And I thought, you know, number one, I can't do that. <laughs> also, when I was living out in India, I would go to the studio in the morning and mm. stay there until the evening and come back. And I got into that routine of doing that. And I love that. I can pick and choose my hours, but mm. I quite like being able to go there and work throughout the day and then finish up mm. and come home. And I still make work at home. You know, I'll come home and I'll do drawings or like, you know, mm. catch up on emails or something like that. You know, those sorts of things, boring things that you just kind of feel <laughs> yeah. like you have to do. Like... Well, there's so much more that I'd like to ask you about your travels to India. And yeah, as I said, love your love the look of your studio. You have all that paint on the side, don't you, I think? But yeah. Unfortunately, we don't have any more time. And as I suspected, we probably would run out of time. So we might have yeah. to just do a second Yeah, episode. maybe we need a part two. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm one of those artistic um, things that, I don't know, people put in their archives. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> thoughts of yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, three hours long. We need like a, we need a, yeah, we need a book, an audio book. <laughs> <laughs> but really, really quickly, just because... I am seeing you the night after the fair. Like, how was last night's private view? How did you feel uh, it went? Just as a quick snippet. Yeah, it was like, great. I enjoyed it. There was lots of people. Um, it was great to obviously be back out talking to people again. Great start to the year, I think. It's sort of, and to get some new works out there, and well, hopefully it will be successful. And then on to the next one, I think. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I hope it goes really well. This will be and published after the fair but so we'll know yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but thank you so much alec this was a really fantastic conversation and good luck with the rest of the fair really? and all your other projects thanks very much it was a real pleasure thank you for listening to this week's episode please follow alec at alec humming one on instagram and of course the podcast at the visible artist podcast Next week, I'll be bringing you another conversation with an inspiring artist. So stay tuned and enjoy the week in the studio.